Welcome to the Scorching Shark Podcast. Is this your first time listening to this? Good. Please be your first time listening to this. Um, were you disappointed if you heard my last show? The very few of you who did, uh, I'm sorry. I'm just coming right out and saying that. I'm sorry. That was politely sloppy. That was very sloppy. I promise I'm going to do better. I really can't do much worse. Um, you know, and to be honest, no one's first time is really that great. Um, in love, and money, and in power. Nah, it's not. No one's first time is great. But luckily, sometimes life gives you second chances. Or in my case, let life let me live an extra four days to do another podcast. So, there we go. Um, I think I just... Part of the reason why I think I had such low viewership in the first podcast was because, honestly... I named my episodes really poorly. Uh, I named one, I named my first one Scorching Shark episode one, which, unless you know it, which not many people know it, it you're not going to understand what that was. So, and I and I think I was vague on the name. I want to be very clear first and foremost right now that this is a sports podcast. Um, there's sometimes bits of comedy. There's sometimes we're going to be talking about other things. Um, but, uh, it's a sports podcast first and foremost, and that's what we're going to be focusing on going forward and making, and I want to make that very clear. And you know what? I'm more prepared. I think I had just a bare bones outline and now I have a better understanding of what I need to do to bring you the best show possible. So without further ado, let's get right to it. I'm recording this on January 10th, 2017 at roughly 2 a.m., yeah, it's early, it's early in the morning. I want to go to sleep, but I want to do this right now to make sure that this gets taken care of and out of the way. Um, and I want, I really wanted to get a reaction off of the college football title game. Oh my God, that was a fun game to watch. That was a fun game to watch. You know how people said that was conclusively Alabama's game? Oh yeah, no it wasn't. People, people think, oh, Alabama's indestructible. They're unbeatable. Well, they don't play teams like Clemson on a regular basis. That doesn't mean... Because Clemson loses once to some random team in the regular season does not mean Clemson's going to lose to Alabama. doesn't mean that Alabama won't win. It just means that Clemson should not be taken as a joke. To anyone who is so sure about Alabama winning this game, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of laughing at you right now. I'm really laughing at you. That one, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I get it, your picks, but some of you were like so sure, like they were so sure, like you would put your life savings on it. Um, you did that. I'm sorry, and I'm sorry for your stupidity. I, I'm gonna be polite about that. You, I'm sorry for your stupidity of betting your life savings on that type of game. That game could have gone either way. Clemson has so many, so much draft talent that's gonna get some of which are gonna get drafted pretty high in the 20. 17 draft in the NFL draft in a few months in Philadelphia and honestly you should not have ruled out Clemson this early you really shouldn't have done that um that is poor judgment on your part um if you are not aware what happened in Alabama and Clemson because you heard this on Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever you've been under a rock for whatever reason or if you're listening this uh three or four years in the future and to say hi how did the Trump presidency go? Um, <laughs> if you're still alive. Uh, well, Clemson won this game on a last-second touchdown. 
Well, technically one second was still left on the clock, but it was pretty much a last second touchdown from top one of the best quarterbacks prospects coming going into the draft officially as of now, Deshaun Watson. He passed to hit one of his receivers, Hunter Renfro. We're going to talk more about Hunter Renfro in a little bit, but Mike Williams had a good game. Uh, that was a great performance from the offense as a whole. The the Alabama team took a good lead in the first half, and I'm like, oh god, this is going to be this is going to be what they predicted. Alabama is going to win. This is going to be boring. This is going to be exhausting to watch. And then Clemson came back strong. Um, I'm serious. We had an amazing year in 2016. I I like I've said this I think before. It's like kind of coming back. It's like if you had to come in. And you had to do stand-up after the ghost of Robin Williams did a set. That is what the 2016 sports season was. That is, in a com- interpretably, the ghost of Robin Williams performing on a, on a, in front of 50,000 people. That's, that's the best ref- ref- reference I can make. Honestly, I mean, you had so many close games, so many great storylines. And this was the first real significant championship to come out of 2017. And it did not disappoint. If this is a sign for things to come, are we going to say this is a better year? We don't know that. That doesn't have to do that. I mean, 2016 is a hard year to beat. And there's so much history. And some elements of 2016 are just too hard to beat. It's just too hard to beat. But if it can come strong and it just like, it, it just has a good year, has a solid year, has an exciting year for sports, we'll take it. We'll take it. It's not a bad year for anyone. Um, and we're going to go into some other stuff um, about that. But um, for college football, I mean, and you know what? You can also blame the fact that Alabama lost because of Lane Kiffin going to off to be the new head coach. And people are going to blame Nick Saban for, like, why did you switch your coordinators? Well, he technically didn't. His coordinator said, oh, well, I have to go help and recruit now. I really can't stay. I wish I could. But if not, I can't be a head coach. And I really want to be a head coach. It was his call. And uh, to the people of Florida Atlantic, um... You just got a great head coach because he was offensive coordinator for a team that was undefeated, and when he left, they lost a crucial game. You should be feeling pretty damn good about yourselves right now. You really should be. And honestly, this is going to be a fun draft process. I'm going to go into the draft on a later date. But it is, it's, a, it's a fun draft process we're looking at. And, uh, I, I'm gonna, and again, I will go in more into that probably in a month or so when it's more relevant. Um, I think this is a good time to start talking some NFL games. Let's talk some NFL games. Um, I'm going to recap some wild card games to start this uh, game off, the this podcast uh, NFL slate off. And let's start off with the first one. Oakland at Houston, otherwise known as Houston, we have no problem. Oakland um, got crushed horribly. Connor Cook, was he ready to be an NFL quarterback? Hell no, he was not. Uh, he needed to work on some things. And uh, guess what? Houston demolished the Raiders. Don't get me wrong. I still stand by my fact that I don't think they'll beat New England. We'll get to that in a little bit. We'll get into the details of that in a little bit. But I think Houston showed some signs of life. And good for you for not making the... I mean, this was this was a slugfest. I mean, that was a slugfest for Houston. They made Oakland, they made Oakland look like chumps. They make oh, they made Oakland look like chumps, and honestly, they're gonna suffer. They're gonna su- They suffered for it, and the Raiders are gonna probably be in Las Vegas next year. So, 
Yeah, this is not a fun scenario for anyone involved. Um, I'm going to just go right away. And Brock Osweiler had a decent game. Um, it was Lamar Miller who got a couple touchdowns, was a good contributing factor. Jadavian Clowney had a decent game on the defense, granted against a third-string quarterback. I mean, if the, def the defense played well, the offense played well, it shows they can play good football. And um, it kept the idea of a home uh, home team in the Super Bowl alive. It, and good for them. I, I'm going to leave it at that. Um, Detroit at Seattle. Uh, we're going to call this game, otherwise known as Better Call Paul. Better Call Paul. And I'm referring to Paul Richardson, wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks, who had a highlight reel day. Don't get me wrong. Thomas Rawls was the reason why, a big reason why Seattle won. Seattle didn't have Thomas Rawls. That game, Rawls, that game's a lot closer. Doesn't mean Seattle wouldn't have won, just a lot closer. And honestly, though, I think Thomas Rawls, despite his performance, Russell Wilson didn't have that good of a day. But um, besides, besides Thomas Rawls' performance and Seattle's defense performance for kind of shutting down Detroit, although, granted, uh, hampered Matthew Stafford, Detroit Lions deep, um, offense, um, you had Paul Richardson, which Paul Richardson had a few catches, one in the end zone and illegal, but every single one of Paul Richardson's plays could have been on a highlight reel, could have been on a highlight reel. He had this crazy one-handed catch that was awesome to watch. Um, he had that, he had a couple of those, he had a couple of those catches and I'm going to get to this. It's, it's honestly... It seems like he and Odell Beckham Jr. switched bodies and had like a freaky Sunday moment. They had a pre, or yeah, a freaky like a freaky weekend moment, like a freaky Friday. And, or yeah, well, technically, it would have started on Freaky Friday, and it they're gonna revert. They reverse back today, um, or sorry, yesterday at some point. So, and I'm sorry for saying today again. This is like 3 a.m. No, I'm sorry. I said yeah, it's 2 3 a.m. my time and. Honestly, it's it's like, honestly, I'm still on Monday. It's Tuesday. I'm still kind of thinking it's Monday, so my apologies for that. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, every one of those is catches, and honestly, he had Odell-like catches. And uh, Giants fans, it's going to be a little painful. It's going to be a little painful for you going, and we're going to get to that game, though, in a little bit. We've just got to go into one game before we get to you guys. Um, we're going to talk about Miami at Pittsburgh otherwise known as the Japanese Slaughterhouse. And yes, that is a little bit of a painful title, that it could be a potentially controversial title, because I know they love Dolphin me. But uh, they got ripped apart. They did. They got ripped apart. The steel, and honestly, battered bruised. I'll bite a couple hits illegally. But Pittsburgh definitely showed why they're one of the most dominant teams in the National Football League. Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, and... Ben Roethlisberger on offense just murdered this team. They just outright murdered this team. And I'm sorry for the graphic language, but murder is probably an accurate word. Uh, and the defense definitely showed up. They made Matt Moore and uh, TJ Yates, and, well, temporarily TJ It's still pretty much Matt Moore, uh, look not great. And... Um, I mean, the reality was, could have Brian Tannehill been ready for a divisional week? Probably not. If they would have, let me be very clear on something. If the Dolphins had somehow pulled an upset off against the Steelers, they would have been crushed by New England. It just, 
it just would have been a lot less. And like I said, I feel like if the Dolphins and Houston had both won, this team would have, it's basically the NFC is basically a battle to see who gets New England. With Pittsburgh still in it, they can legitimately contend. They can legitimately contend. It could be, it, I, and I honestly, they just got to do what they're supposed to against Kansas City. That's not a gimme, but they just got to do what they're supposed to. So, and I want to make a note on uh, Ben Roethlisberger's injury um, because he did technically get hurt. It, it was precautious. It was a precautious move, and um, he seems like he'll be ready for the game. They got lucky. They got lucky. That team is at that offense is roughly at ninety five percent strength. For the Kansas City game, which could be enough. That could be enough the way they were playing this game. Um, I'm going to just get uh, stats up. Uh, Le'Veon Bell. Let me just get official stats up because I, I could estimate because I know Le'Veon Bell hit around. Well, I think he hit. He had a good day. Maybe 200 yards. Um, maybe 200 yards at some point. I, I'm not 100% sure. Um I think I got to just 167 yards, 167 yards and two touchdowns. He actually broke a Steelers. Uh, he broke a Steelers rushing record, postseason rushing record. Um, it was held by Franco Harris in Super Bowl. Is that Super Bowl nine? Yeah, I think it's Super Bowl nine in 1975. 1975 and Antonio Brown I think he had a hundred he was close to a hundred yards going into uh he's up close to a hundred yards going into that game he had 124 yards 124 yards solid game from him just a solid game from him just a solid game from him so I mean good job good job for that um to the Pittsburgh Steelers not all roses for Steelers, but uh, and we will get to that big story in just a little bit. I know I keep saying it for certain things, but we, we always loop around. You just have to you have to kind of hear hear some of the other stories out before you get to that point. Um, I have to talk about the final game, which was the Giants at the Packers. <laughs> I like to call this game Cobb Blocker because Randall Cobb blocked. I think honestly, you could argue Cobb, uh, Randall Cobb blocked single-handedly the Giants' ticket in. I mean, don't get me wrong; it was a team effort, but Cobb's touchdowns alone were enough to beat the Giants. They lost thirty-eight to thirteen, and you know what? There, there's some. There, honestly, this is a game that I said it was a coin flip, and I said it was a coin flip because I, I'm like the Giants' magic in the playoffs. It's not normally bad, but the Packers are built like a team that normally makes the Super Bowl and win it because. The Super Bowl isn't about necessarily the best team overall. It's not the best record in the beginning of the year and the end of the year. It's whoever's hot at the end of the year. And honestly, the Packers are probably the hottest team in football right now. They No one can beat that. They, their hands are... Heck, I'll give them the scorching name. Their, their hand is scorching right now. It is, it is blazing. It is whatever fire pun you want to put in there. The point I'm trying to make is... That team is not a team you want to play. And guess what? Who gets to play them? Dallas. At least it's at home. At least Dallas it's at home. You got a shot. Honestly, though, they're, I think in my deep down, I think Green Bay is the favorite. I think so. I don't think it's official. I think that it's more like, I think, and I think out of the four teams, Dallas is more likely to lose than anyone else. 
which is going to lead to a fun uh, fun 4 o'clock game on sun Sunday, which we will get to the divisional games. Um, and you know what? Aaron Rodgers had a great day, game along with that. I mean, he had a Hail Mary. He had a kind of a nice Hail Mary from, uh, and it was caught, I think it was by Randall Cobb. I'm pretty sure the Hail Mary was by Randall Cobb. Um, I got I, I gotta take a look at that just to confirm it, because I want to make sure. Yeah, Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb got it in the end zone because he got way back there, and just just did it right. And you know how rare hail marys works. I mean that they, they don't work that often. They really don't. And the fact that Aaron can, is so accurate with them and just knows how to throw them well, and the Giants miscovered. I mean that was a good game from Aaron Rodgers, and I and the Packers defense showed up against Eli. They made him kind of stagnant. And here's the thing. Here's the thing I want to talk about the Giants' defense because people are complaining now that he, uh, that Odell and his buddy shouldn't have been on that Miami boat. You know what? That team lost by more. You know what? It, it's like you're saying, well, you lost focus, and because of that, Odell lost. No. No, let me tell you something. Odell, that's a 25-point difference. You can blame all you want on Odell, but Odell alone, even if he had made his completed passes— and made all his completed passes and got the unlike got the two touchdowns. He still would have lost by more than a score. You needed a lot of fixes. And honestly, good for the Giants. You had a good year. Um, you picked up. It was bad. I think you could have used the buy out of anyone. I think the Giants could have used the buy. Dallas would have actually, I think, would have benefited more by going against the Packers than the Giants would have. So. And, or real or, or and I guess that you can say that that now in theory, but uh, I think it, they would have done better as the uh, a wild card trying to take out the Packers than the number one seed taking out the Packers. I think that's gonna be a tougher task because your guys have been kind of cooled off for a couple weeks, and I don't know how to interpret that. So, I mean, and Giants enjoy your break. Uh, relish in the fact that your Super Bowl winning head coach is now. Uh, is now somewhere else, which we will also get to that in a little bit. Um, but let's talk, before we do that, let's talk about the divisional games. Let's talk about the divisional games. You know, hmm, I think. You know what? No, no, let's not talk about the divisional games. We'll, we'll come back to the divisional games. Let's go right into the, actually go, right, you know what, while we're here, let's go into the stories. Um, I'm going to start off with the, the story we're talking about with uh, Tom Coughlin because Tom Coughlin is now an executive. He is now an executive vice president of the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Congratulations for the tens of people who are now, who are now relishing the fact that Tom Coughlin is your executive vice president. He wanted to be a coach. He got a promotion. That he was overqualified to be head coach in the National Football League. You win a couple Super Bowls. That's fair. That's a fair statement. He was overqualified. That's a fair statement. Um, along with that, um, the GM was extended for a couple years, and the first head coaching hire of 2017 has been made in the in what I called it their interim coach Doug Marone. This, um, if you want a little background on Doug Marone's history, he was a, a head coach at Syracuse University just about five years ago, I believe. Yeah, five years sound right. Five years ago, he was a head coach about Syracuse University, and a couple years later, 
Buffalo was looking in the head coaching search, and they interviewed Doug. He had a great interview. He was the last coach to be hired in the Ralph Wilson era, um, because um, uh, during his the, in the second year of his coaching ship in Buffalo, um, Terry Pagula took over. Uh, Doug Marone ended up going six and ten in this first game and nine and seven in the second one. Um, his offenses were not great, but his defenses were solid, and he knew who to pick. He had Jim Schwartz in, I believe, for was it for two seasons? I think he had Jim Schwartz in for two seasons in Buffalo when he was the head when he was the head coach in Buffalo. Who was who was his off? Um, who was his? Uh... No, no, I take that back. Jim Schwartz was only was hired in Buffalo in 2014. I think his 2013 self hired Mike Pettin. Mike Pettin became the head coach. Jim Schwartz just left after. Jim Schwartz, I think, could have had a head coaching another head coaching job, but he ended up um, staying, going to consulting operations for the NFL, and then became the Philadelphia Eagles D coordinator. And now he's being considered for head coaching as well, so he's getting a bit, another chance back. But Doug Marone, uh, he has been hired. He went six and ten, nine seven. He never was officially fired from Buffalo. He actually had an opt-out clause because of a potential problem with Ralph Wilson's health that in the event of new ownership, he had the right to take a, his guarantees and walk out of Buffalo, and he was a coveted head coaching prospect. Guess what? He decided, hey, I'm going to leave, and got no head coaching jobs. Zip. He ended up settling for the assistant coach in Jacksonville, brought his uh, offensive coordinator buddy Nathaniel Hackett on as a uh, convinced Gus Bradley to hire him off as an offensive line coach. And uh, Bradley was fired a few weeks ago. Doug Marone took over, won his first game, had a good close game against the Colts. And suddenly, this is a, and that's where he was. And that's why I thought Doug Marone was going to get hired because he had a, he won clearly against a team. I think he was a big reason why the Titans are in the playoffs. He kind of, he spoiled the top Titans season. And um, honestly, with uh, Doug Marone, I think it, it's, it's not a bad pick. I think you should, the Jacksonville GM should be careful who he lets to be the offensive coordinator and maybe avoid Nathaniel Hackett because their offenses were not great. They were very predictable. He, he doesn't know how to call a play. The guy basically is there because Marone's his buddy, and that's about it. Um, I would be careful if you're Jacksonville. Um, he does have faith in Blake Bortles, which um, that's going to help him because starting over at this point is not the best idea. Um, I mean, this was an expected move. I mean, the and honestly, Tom Coughlin's just going to make it a big splashy move. It's going to bring some excitement to the tens of people. Maybe they become hundreds of people because of it. I don't know. Um, or maybe at the very most, I could see low thousand. But um, <laughs> yeah, that fan base is going to grow. But nah, I don't think it's going to be great. Um, but again, Doug Marone, good luck and good wishes and. If you get Jacksonville, you know what? You have a lot of draft picks, and Jacksonville's got a lot of young, young players. I mean, you could be doing well. You could have a really good season. You can do really well, and I hope the best for you. So, Doug Marone's the first hire. There are five coaches' openings left, assuming that 
Bill O'Brien does not end up the new um, gets fired in after the divisional game or championship game or whatever game. It's probably divisional, but again, hypothetical at this point. Um, the other big um, there are two other stories I want to talk about right now. Um, the second big story I want to talk about, like I brought up before, the Steelers. The Steelers, not everything was roses. Um, you also had the assistant coach Joey Porter. Guess what happened to him? He got arrested at a bar because he assaulted a doorman. He got a little bit cocky against the win versus the Dolphins, which, to be honest, half the football league could have done with their backup quarterback. And he got a bit of a big head, and now they might be without their that guy and Ben Roethlisberger. Probably not Ben Roethlisberger, but Joey Porter might not be with the Steelers for the for the Kansas City game. That is not something a professional should do. You don't want to talk about uh, NFL players keeping their cool? you got to keep your cool as an assistant coach in the National Football League. By the way, you're an assistant coach in the National Football League. You're not Mr. Big Stuff. You are not someone who's like, I can call the shots now. I don't know what gave you the implication that you think you can do this. Um... Honestly, it's going to be a bit of a crazy... I don't know what the Steelers are going to do. I don't know what their succession plan is. I don't know if it's even going to matter. But uh, that is something to keep an eye on. That is just an interesting story. You don't see that as assistant coaches often. The um the other stories I want to talk about, and I actually now have a fourth story, but uh, the third story I wanted to talk about was the Green Bay injuries. The Green Bay injuries, which... Uh, it's it's going to affect them. That's going to affect them potentially for the divisional game. You have two key injuries in two offensive weapons they have. Um, let's start off with the obvious one, which is uh, Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson ended up taking a big shot to the ribs during their uh, wild card weekend game, and now he is question- and now he is honestly at this point really doubtful to play against the Cowboys because he took significant rib injuries as um as I think Adam Sh- um I think as of Adam Schefter put it it's going to take uh it's going to take a kind of an what's it going to take there's a quote I want to get the quote I want to make sure I get the quote right I I'm, I want to make sure the quote I get this quote right so I'm going to take a moment and just double check it I'm going to just make sure and double-check it right now. Uh, I, I I should have had this quote probably ready to go by now, to be completely honest, because I was probably I should have expected this to be a possibility. I um, should have expected this to be kind of a small possibility at the very least. Um, I know there was a little sound there, and if you heard it, I apologize. I really do. It's 4 a.m. I don't know what, what happened there either. Um, I mean, first of all, he has to practice. I should mention he has to practice to Saturday. He has to practice Saturday to qualify. He needs to he needs to practice on Saturday or he will not be able to play. That is a big thing. That is a big thing. Um, 
I cannot believe I'm I'm having trouble finding this quote. The point it, it basically says it would take a significant uh it would take a significant thing to happen. It would take oh I remember it was I'm sorry, it would take an incredible effort. It would take an incredible effort for Jordy Nelson to play against the Cowboys. It's possible. It's a playoff game. Don't bet on it. Don't bet on it. Let's not. Let's not bet on it. And the other injury we need to talk about potentially is Ty Montgomery. Ty Montgomery had a knee injury. And he did not actually, I should not, I don't know why I mentioned it. Because he did return. He returned to the game, but he returned in the fourth quarter. Carried the ball a few times. But that game was a significant, it looked bad from the injury knee, uh, knee injury standpoint. And a hobble, Ty Montgomery could affect him for the divisional game. So we'll we'll talk about that in a moment. The other note I want to make is um, because I might not get another chance to this will it might be a final goodbye uh, for the San Diego Chargers, as they will probably become the Los Angeles Chargers in the next six days. It's a done deal at this point, uh, but it's not official. That's all it is. And I just want to give my condolences to the San Diego community. I believe this is a good move for the team, though. I think financially speaking, they lost people when the L.A. Rams came back and they need to get some of those people back on board to the Chargers and move to L.A., especially with the San Diego not agreeing to a, a good stadium offer. It's what the league is. And honestly, I get cities who try to take their stand like, no, we're not going to let these teams bully us. Unfortunately, you can't do that when they give you ultimatums and their options are legitimate. Before, they had an ultimatum. And Los Angeles at the time wasn't a legitimate claim. Now it is. And now Oakland's also doing that with Las Vegas. Um, is St. Louis or San Diego? San Diego, I don't think, will get another team for a long, long time. They're probably... I, I wouldn't be shocked if they never get another NFL team. I, I Because it's so close to Los Angeles and some of these other cities. And California has tons and tons of teams. That I would not be shocked if San Diego never gets another team. So, uh, San Diego, if you're anyone from San Diego watching this... Enjoy these final pleading moments of uh, of having a football team. You're probably not going to have one again. It's a shooting star. Make a wish. Um, and your your franchise is in turmoil. So LA's problem now. Um, <laughs> two LA teams are going to be looking for jobs. That'll be fun. LAR and LA. I'm sorry, the LAC. Or could be a different name when they move. Could be a different name. We're, we'll get into it more when the move becomes official and everything. But let's talk about the divisional games. Let's talk about the divisional games. I'm going to go in order of appearance. First of all, we start off. We actually start off with one of the better matchups, Seattle at Atlanta. Um, anything significant to note? Um, not really. Atlanta has got the offensive power, firepower. It has... Matt Ryan, who could easily win MVP um in a few weeks. Uh, Seattle coming off that solid game, but they're not a great road team. I mean, you really should root for Atlanta. I think Atlanta hasn't been there in a long time, hasn't made a Super Bowl in a long time. They've been close a couple times before. And you know what? Seattle's been there a bunch of times, and I feel like I, I, I'd be kind of – the worst-case scenario, I think, for football fans deep down is the Seattle-New England Super Bowl. I think that's a worst-case scenario. Mainly because I feel like it's such expected teams. And yes, it is a Super Bowl 49 rematch, but honestly, they're just there too often. 
they're just they're just there too often. We we're we're sick of them. We want some new we want some fresh blood in there. So Atlanta, good luck. I really hope you get in this one. Um it's gonna you you're gonna have to just do what you're supposed to do and just throttle the Seattle defense and this gets fun. This can be a fun game. And really for the Atlanta defense, all you gotta do is stop Thomas Rawls. You do that, I don't think Russell Wilson make Russell Wilson try to win the game, he won't. So uh that's a big thing you should note. Houston at New England. Let's talk about this one from an, on a statistic standpoint, because um, and from a historical standpoint on a betters line actually, because New England is an eighteen point home favorite, eighteen points. That is more than two touchdowns with two extra points and a field goal. You get that's the difference in the game. You still win if you bet Houston. That is the sadness, what we call it. It is, the, it is one of the highest better lines in playoff history. It is not the highest. There have been a couple higher. Honestly, if you're better, take the points. I feel like the fact that it's only been one out of three times that the points have ever covered, I feel like, let's, let me just say this. New England's a good team. I just think Houston's good enough to do a, an 18-point damage. I think they're good enough to keep it within 18. I hope they pull the upset off. I really do because a Houston upset gives our potent, a potential first ever home team Super Bowl. And you know what? I also would kind of hope if Houston gets it in this game, we're going to talk about Dallas. And I'm hoping then they pull off so we get a Texas Super Bowl. That would be fun to watch. A Texas Super Bowl would be fun to watch. What side of Texas do you root for? Um, along with that, we have Pittsburgh and Kansas City. Um, Kansas City is getting uh, their, spe- their special teams with Tyreek Hill and um, their their pa- running game with um, Ware, uh, passing game with Hill and Kelsey and Macklin. I mean, that team's capable of winning the game, but I'd rather have Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh has the ability to um, – it, it just has the ability to dominate these games. You've got Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown – Ben Roethlisberger, I think they're one of the few offensive teams who can actually rip apart that Kansas City defense. I think they've trained enough. I think they've studied enough. I think they can pull this off. Um, the Steelers defense has nothing to slouch at. I think that the Steelers defense is going to stop more of the Kansas City offense than the Kansas City defense is going to stop the Steelers offense. So if I had to pick games, I think uh, I think so far it's going to be Atlanta, New England, Pittsburgh. I'm rooting for Houston. I want to be proven wrong. But um, I think it's going to be Atlanta, New England, Pittsburgh. The final game is Green Bay at Dallas. That's a fun one. That's a great way to end the week. Um, honestly, I'm rooting for Green Bay. I think Green Bay would be a fun team to see. I think if Houston pulls the upset, I'm flipping to Dallas. I want Dallas to win, but... If uh, if not, if New England wins like I expect them to, I'm rooting for Green Bay. I think if Kansas City wins, I'm going to really root for Green Bay because uh, Kansas City and Green Bay, a potential Super Bowl. Like, let's say in the hypothetical that Kansas City does make the Super Bowl run. If Green Bay and Kansas City make a Super Bowl, it could be it would be a rematch of Super Bowl one. So Super Bowl one and Super Bowl 51 have the exact same matchup. That could be some could be a really fun and interesting storyline matchup to watch. And I know it's tough to top last year with Payne Manning's final game and everything, but I'm just looking for anything to grasp on. I mean, we had some really good storylines, and I don't necessarily want a Dallas-New England Super Bowl because I feel like having the two one seeds, it just happens too often. Can we just 
can we just have some variance in terms of who makes the Super Bowl? Just have some variance and have like a like a low division winner make it. Like the Green Bay Packers would be also a nice team to make it. So uh, I'm rooting for Green Bay. So I'm rooting for an Atlanta Green Bay final with a new with a New England Pittsburgh final. That would be that would be an amazing divisional week. I'm sorry, amazing championship week. We could get those four results. It ends in an amazing divisional week. So, um, here's the thing. Here's what I'm going to talk about right now. Um, I'm going to go into a few topics. And before we go, um, first of all, I'm going to start something called the Bite of the Week. The Bite of the Week is based on someone I basically want to rip apart, rant, attack something, someone, some mythical being. I'm really being clear about the mythical being this week. Because my Bite of the Week, my first ever Bite of the Week is going to the football gods. I'm attacking the football gods. I'm like, seriously, guys? That week, I and yes, I said some good things about the wildcard games. But man, that was a bad week of football. That was a bad week of football. Shame on you, football gods. What did we ever do to you? What the hell did we ever do to you? I, I, I'm serious. I, I'm serious. What the hell did we ever do to you guys to 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 deserve this fate? I don't know. I don't know what we did to you guys. I don't know if we... Because, honestly, this had the potential to be an amazing thing. Because going into Week 16... This has been the last couple weeks, to be honest. Because in Week 16 of the NFL season, going into that week, we had such an incredible... It was such a crowded field in the AFC. The NFC had some question marks. And pretty much almost every question was decided going into Week 17. And then nothing really interesting happened in Week 17. So we were rooted for Wild Card Week. And nothing interesting happened. You know what I bet's going to happen? I bet you're going to give us Seattle, New England, Kansas City, and and you know what? Honestly, it doesn't matter about Green Bay and Dallas, but maybe let's just say for the sake of argument, Dallas, to give us the most boring Super Bowl matchups out of the potential Super Bowl matchups of the four. And I'm just I'm just sick of it. I'm just sick of this. I know you're going to probably turn on me because I, I'm, I'm complaining, but please don't. Please, for God's sakes, let us have one good week here let's go in the divisional week let's do some decent damage i mean you really have not done good things for us and you know what i'm glad you made jordy nelson i think you i'm glad that you brought some drama in the second half of games because there really wasn't too much drama with houston there wasn't too much drama with uh the seattle game and honestly i'm glad you brought some drama in pittsburgh and green bay to keep uh us on our toes so uh at least thank you for that but honestly, that was a shameful wildcard week. That was a lopsided wildcard week. That was the most lopsided wildcard week since 1981. You might be thinking, hey, isn't that the Taylor Swift album? No, that is eight years before the Taylor Swift album. I'm sorry. No, that was based before the name of the Taylor Swift album. The Taylor Swift album came out a couple years ago. The name of it was 1989. It's 1981, people. The one is not a nine. Well, one is basically uh, a nine is basically a one with a, a C at the on the top left. That's what a one. Is. That's what a nine is. But uh, yeah, I mean, wait, am I right? Yeah, yeah, I'm right. I'm right. The point I'm trying to make is that honestly, you guys got to do a better job. Shame on you for the suffering you've given us for Wildcard Week. That was not a fun week to watch, and if Divisional Week is a pattern for it, please just give. 2017 a fighting chance to look decent just a decent sequel okay we get it 2016 is the original 
action-packed thrill ride of a sports year movie. But can we maybe make 2017 just a, a solid sequel? It doesn't have to be better than the original, but can we just make it solid? Just a solid sequel. Well, well, um, on the note of trying to make a solid sequel and part of the help of it, I'm going to start another segment also with uh, called The Unburnable. The Unburnable of the Week. The Unburnable of the Week is a player, a team, a person or I'm sorry a person or someone or something or some franchise or whatever the point is it can be anything real or fake that is bringing joy into the week and brings joy into the world because I believe in a positive world and believe in a positive thinking and this week again I like I said I'm not done with the college title game I'm going unburnable with to Hunter Renfro Hunter Renfro congratulations for being the first ever unburnable player of the week Here's why. Here's why I'm giving Hunter Renfro that. You did a, such a clutch play. You are now in college football lore. You did what is the equivalent of a buzzer beater in basketball, uh, a Hail Mary in, t- in football. I'm sorry, not football, not a Hail Mary. That's a little rough, but it's clutch. The point I'm trying to make, it's clutch. It's bottom of the ninth, two outs in baseball, and you get a solid hit to win the team for the game. Not necessarily a home run, but a solid hit. And honestly... You know what? I bet you were you were not a household name. Well, guess what? You are now. Don't get me wrong. We're probably going to forget your name in a few days as in public. But Clemson fans will remember you for a long, long time. So congratulations to Hunter Renfro. I appreciate your, uh, your doing. I really do. Um, I'm going to give... And the last thing I want to do before I sign off, uh, I'm going to give my final thoughts. Uh, my final thoughts is going to be on something... Uh, something uh, I honestly want to just talk about, not necessarily sports related, but just just general talk about. Um, I honestly, and you know what? Last week I talked about the wall, hosted by Chris Hardwick, did decent ratings. I mentioned this during that kind of rant that it's we're gonna. I want to talk about the Celebrity Apprentice. I want to talk about the new Celebrity Apprentice. Now I want to make something clear. This is not going to be just a game show rant at the end of everything. I just thought of the Celebrity Apprentice because I've been watching it. And it's been in the news because of Donald Trump. Again, let's ignore the political standing of Donald Trump, but let's just talk about this show because this is a bit polarizing. Because the Celebrity Apprentice, I mean, if you ignore the politics of Trump staying being on, let's ignore that. Let's ignore the fact that this is a new host. I mean, it wasn't a, it's not a bad show. It's not. It feels different. It feels weird, but it's not a bad show. Um, I, the women's, the women don't understand how business work. That's what I've learned from this season. Not all women, but the women on that show don't know how business work because the men keep beating them. They've beaten them three out of four challenges right now. And it doesn't look like the carnage is going to stop anytime soon because they're keeping the end. They're keeping the big personalities in. So they're getting picked off one by one by one by one. It's probably going to be a guy who wins the season, barring something really incredible by the ladies. So, um, my God. And I'm going to talk a bit about Donald Trump's tweets because Donald Trump mentioned how the show was doing really poorly in the ratings. It had 4.9 million viewers in the first uh, episode. The second episode aired today. I was kind of, during commercials and halftime, I've been skimming through some of the episodes. 
um, just um, for today's episode, I mean. And um, so I know who got um, kicked off. And if you don't want to hear it, I would cover your ears for the next, I don't know, 40 seconds after I say go. But um, I do want to say about Donald Trump that he was complaining about it. I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger handled the class. And I mean, to that man, bravo. Good job. Good man. Good man. Um, honestly, that I think, honestly... He's doing a good job. I mean, 4.9 million. Is this show going to be brought back? I don't know about that. I really don't think so at this point. 4.9 for a premiere. I mean, yes, it, you could argue it's partially the politics, but I mean, the celebrity, the celebrity apprentice actually did already have a spinoff. It had with Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart ended up spinning it off, and that show only lasted one season. So this one might only last one season. And yes, you could argue, hey, maybe if Donald Trump's name wasn't on the, the thing, maybe it would have still been there. Possibly. But um, it also is not likely going to do enough damage. What if Trump had stayed and lost the election and stayed in host? <laughs> that would have been fun and ironic just to see this, the Celebrity Apprentice followed by the wall, something Donald Trump didn't get to build. And uh, that would be a little amusing to, to watch. But uh, yeah, I don't know if that show would have been around, especially with the grab you by the meow comments. So... Uh, I mean, and that's the thing. But going into the season itself, I mean, they're getting good tasks going. Um, I think that the men are handling themselves well. I think the favorites to win the season right now, um, if I had to list a couple, I think um, Boy George could be a favorite. Matt Eisman, uh, ho host of American Ninja Warrior, uh, for any sports, kind of somewhat sports fans out there, um, I think he could win this show. Ricky Williams showed some signs of life. I think he has the capability um, on the women's side, maybe Lisa Leslie because she's handling herself as a mature woman. But if she keeps getting slammed into the boardroom, uh, she's screwed. She will get fired at some point. It's um, I don't see John Lovitz making that long. I don't see the five women. Like, let me tell you something. Next week, I will say this. I don't see the women winning twice and catching up. I don't see the women winning twice. I think they're gonna lose one more member. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a break even week for them. Because I feel like they're going to lose one more member. The guys might lose one more guy, but the girls are going to lose at least one more of them. Um, good luck to catch up, by the way. Really, good luck. It's going to be an exhausting, exhausting watch for you guys. And I'm not expecting everyone to watch the show, but uh, yeah. Um, so for anyone, uh, it's almost, it's almost, it's wow, this is late for me. But um, that is about it for the podcast. Uh, uh, follow me on Twitter at, at Scorching Shark. Uh, follow me on Tumblr where I'll post sporadically, not just the podcast, but just stuff in general. Um, email me if you want any top, um, with top top potential topics or anything on uh, ScorchingShark at gmail.com or any messages, spam it, whatever. Um, please share this podcast if possible. I also want to make this clear, and I and I know I'm, I've linked it on uh, my Twitter page, and I've linked it on my top. I've linked it on uh, SoundCloud to an extent, I believe. But uh, I am now on iTunes. Now I'm officially on iTunes. This podcast will be uploaded to iTunes. If you're not listening, it's on SoundCloud and iTunes. Um, if you want to listen to it um, on the go or whatever, take it, get it on iTunes. If not, SoundCloud is the way to go. Um, I'm planning on these podcasts for at least next week. I'm going to do a Tuesday podcast. Um I'm thinking of I might be doing the next one after the ones after that on Wednesday going forward. I'm just finding a date at this point. So, but for right now, see you next Tuesday and good nights.
and you just felt the bite and burn of the scorching shark. See you guys.